Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Chris Keir, 37 years of volunteer and career fire service experience. Retired firefighter with the town of Greenwich Fire Department in Connecticut. Currently fire coordinator and director of fire and emergency services for Rockland County, New York, where he oversees 26 different volunteer fire departments, approximately 10,000 runs with a population of over 338,000, and a booming of construction, both residential and commercial. Chris started his volunteer career in Rockland and has never forgot where he came from. He's got a ton on his plate, but relies on his team who works with him in trying to provide the best for the citizens. With that, I present Mr. Chris Keir. All right, my name is Chris Keir. I'm the fire coordinator and director of fire and emergency services for the county of Rockland. So my um, initial um, experience with the fire service, I was 18 years old. Uh, many of my friends uh, from high school went away to college, and I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. So I stayed home and decided to go to my community college here in Rockland. And uh, one night, I actually took my brother, I had a younger brother, to go get a haircut. Uh, at a local barber shop, and across the street was the Hillcrest Fire Company. And I knew nothing about the fire service. I didn't have any friends or family that were members of any fire department, a career volunteer. And uh, the fire was so blue, and I saw the fire trucks go out. So that was pretty cool. So uh, I dropped my brother off at home after the haircut. I went back to the firehouse. It happened to be a Monday night when they're they're having drill and maintenance. And I uh, I stopped in. And I actually I actually parked in front of one of the uh, we had uh, an old 77 snorkel at the time. I, 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 when I pulled up, I didn't know any difference. So I parked in front of the bay. And I went in and I, and I inquired about being a volunteer. And one of the guys came in and like, who the hell is parked out in front of the bay? Like, I'm getting yelled at there. You know, like, that ain't, you know. So I said, no, that's me. So anyway, I went and moved the car, um, talked to the chief and uh, some of the officers there. Uh, got an application, filled it out. Um, and then I, I mentioned to my dad and my mom about, yeah, I'm going to join the firehouse, the volunteer firehouse. And, they thought that's another, like, yeah, right. You know, they didn't think anything of it. So you know, they got the application and went through the entire process. And, uh, you know, two months later, I was uh, getting ready to go out. My dad's like, where are you going? I said, I got to go to the firehouse. I'm going to get voted in tonight. And he goes, you're serious about that? I thought you were only a kid. I go, no, I'm serious. So uh, I joined. Um, it was one or two faces that I saw and I recognized maybe from uh, high school along the way. Uh, I didn't have a ton of friends in high school. I had bounced around between a couple of high schools because we had moved. And um, went back to the high school, which I, you know, which I originally started at and graduated from there. So um, that's how it kind of started. And, um, you know, I, if I look back, if I didn't do that, I would have never been in the, the position uh, I am now or, or have the friends I have or the experiences I've had. Okay. All right. And you said you started your career or your volunteer career with Department 6 Hillcrest. Yep. Department 6 Hillcrest. Yep. Rockland County has 26 volunteer fire companies. Uh, Hillcrest uh, is we department six, and um, yeah, we've always been uh, one of the busiest, busiest in the county, uh, generally running second behind Spring Valley. Or, however, this past year in 2023, we had more calls than Spring Valley did, actually. So, uh, wow. first time in like ever, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. But when I, uh, we did, Hillcrest did 1,152 calls this last year. When I joined, we were doing around 425. So, uh, wow. and that was like, you know, that was in January of 87. So, uh, you know, call volume. If, I think anywhere the call volume is going up with your career volunteer. Right, right. Coming from a a former Rockland member myself, I am shocked yes. to hear that Hillcrest is number one this year. Okay, yeah, yeah we did. Yeah. There was actually <laughs> there was actually three departments: uh, Hillcrest, Spring Valley, and Muncie. All did over a thousand calls in twenty twenty three. I, I want to say it's the first time ever three departments have done that. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, so you, you, you volunteer and you join Hillcrest. How did the transition occur to thinking, Hey, I can actually do this career wise because you were a career fireman as well. Yeah. So in the firehouse, I was going to RCC and I was you know, typical, like taking business classes. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then, uh, I met a few friends in the firehouse. Uh, you know, one of my best friends, Tim Wren, uh, who's a retired FDNY firefighter. Now, uh, he was going to RCC, our community college in he was taking a fire, they had a fire science or fire technology degree program. And uh, he was a year ahead of me. So that kind of interests me. As I got into the firehouse, getting involved, you know, really 
you, you, you like it, you love it, or you don't. So I was loving it. You know, it was great being around. I was active. I was learning a lot. Um, you know, and involved in a lot of things around the firehouse. So I thought, oh, man, fire science is pretty cool. So I went there, started taking those classes. And um, then my my friend and I, Tim and I, we transferred to Mercy College in Dobbs Ferry in Westchester mm-hmm. County. Uh, we both graduated with um, fire science public safety degrees. So somewhere along the way, I don't know if that was maybe like 2021, uh, the New York City fire test came out. And I remember like Tim and a few people saying, oh, you should you know take the test. I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to be a city fireman. But, yeah, I didn't, again, I didn't know a lot of people that were city firemen. And I'm like, ah, you know, it's not for me, you know? So, uh, and I remember one, one of my friends saying, listen, take a test. Yeah, I filled the applications a couple of hours out of your life. You never know, like down the line. So I didn't take that test, um, which was a test that most of my friends who were city firemen got hired off of uh, back then. I took the next test uh, of, of FDNY, um, that's when they gave uh, five points residency credit. You know, after the test was given, if you're a resident, they give you five points extra. Uh, during one of the physicals, someone died during the physical. So things got pushed back and delayed. And you know, there was that age restriction where I think we couldn't be over 28 years old by a certain amount of month of the year. So um, so I never got hired off that list. Um, I was too old to take the city city test after that. I took some, uh, you know, Yonkers in Westchester County, but strict because you got to be residents resident residents of the city or the county so that, that pushes your way back white plains i took and so uh a friend of mine jeff fascinelli who's a battalion chief in the city right now in new york city uh said hey, he was going to university of new haven for his fire science degree and he said that hey the town of greenwich is giving them the fire test i'm like i ain't, I never been to greenwich i'm like what, where's greenwich so he explained to me so without took the test and then um i think it was like 600 and like 20 or 616 around that number took the test. And I, uh, I was like number like 24 on the list. And um, during that time, I, I got a job for, um, it, was, it was ISO. You know, ISO does insurance ratings. Mm-hmm. One of their divisions was like property inspections for insurance companies. Um, so I was out doing like, like home inspections, home values. Uh, I did some, some commercial risk assessment, like churches, synagogues, things like that. And then, so uh, I was doing that for a while. Uh, then I moved to Allstate. Like I hooked up with a, uh, a local uh, retired uh, arson investigator for our county who started his own business. And I can backtrack. I'm missing something here. So uh, name was Tom Brown. I uh, started his own investigation business. business and uh, I, I, when I was younger, I got really interested in fire investigation. I took the, the, the classes, the two-week class at New York State. Eventually, I got hooked up with him when he retired. And I was working for him. Um, doing the ISO inspection stuff, took the city test, and then um, I found out that the Allstate um, had the same type of position in my in my county. I was local, was less travel, uh, was better money. So uh, doing inspections. So my wife's like, apply for that. I applied for that. I got that job, and then within within their um, their building was human resources. So I. Uh, she, the one lady told me that they're looking for a special investigator. So I went for an interview in Westchester Harrison. I got the, uh, the uh, special investigator job. Uh, and I was going to cover like Westchester uh, Bronx and Rockland. So I accepted that job. And then like a week later, uh, Greenwich called me and uh, offered me their job. So I had a call all state back saying, I, I'm, I'm not taking a special investigator job. And, uh, and then just moved on to, uh, to Greenwich. So that's, that's kind of how it all panned out. You know, just, um, yeah, I was doing all right. I like what I was doing, but, um, I knew this was the right decision. Okay. All right. And for those that don't know, can you tell us a little bit about Greenwich, how many departments, uh, the size, you know, things yeah. of that nature? Yeah. So, um, I want to say there's around 68 career firefighters. Uh, they have, they have a full administrative staff. They have chief assistant chief, battalion chief, um, you know, captain of training, fire marshal, they have like five or six fire marshals, um, a lieutenant of training. And then um, there are there are uh, eight stations in Greenwich. Uh, one station is actually, uh, it's Banksville. It's a volunteer company where at the top of Greenwich meets uh, Banksville, New York. The town contracts with Banksville because they will send in like tankers and resources. We have Because the north part of Greenwich was a lot of, there's no hydrants up there. So they'll come in from the north end. Um and there's a, a one paid truck company, uh, and then there were seven engine companies uh, in, in town. So uh, career engine companies, and um, I bounced around for a few different houses, a few, a few different houses. I never, I never, I worked in, but I never was stationed there. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say there's 64, 68 uh, career firefighters um, total. Um, we we started out doing shifts that were three on, three off. Like we worked three days on, three days off, three nights on. And a few years in, they went to the 24-hour shifts. So we did 24, hour, 24 on, 72 off, which was nice. You know, nice. and then, uh, you know, so it's nice. You can work up to a 48 uh, if you worked overtime or picked up somebody else's shift. Uh, they were pretty flexible with swaps, you know, changing your shift for somebody else. So, um it was great to buy. I worked with a lot of great guys. The, 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 the town, I think, is 49 square miles. Uh, I'm not sure the population. I want to say it was, it was over 60,000 uh, during the day. And um, worked with a lot of great guys uh, on the job, a lot of excellent firemen. At the time, I think we were doing like 4,500 calls a year, something like that. Uh, no EMS. Uh, we were one of the few departments around that don't, don't run first responder. We were all medically trained. We had some paramedics, mostly EMTs, uh, MRTs, first responders, and um, but busy. You know, we all, we were all hazmat technicians, trench rescue. Uh, we had a special operations vehicle that was kind of used for you know for hazmat and things like that. So uh, we we were kind of well rounded, um, busy. You know, we sure Sarah saw our share of fires in Greenwich, and uh, you know, busier than you would think. Uh, and then we had I ninety five. We had the Merritt Parkway, so a lot of accidents, some bad wrecks, a lot of fatalities uh you know on, on the on the highway so okay and you and you completed 21 years there correct yeah I did like 21 years and five months just on the right almost 21 and a half years so uh when this you know um when this position had opened uh here in the county um i put in for it i, I always kind of felt like i want to be back here in the county doing something you know I, I serving holcrest and i went to the ranks and you know the officer ranks became chief um i, I was a deputy fire coordinator under the previous coordinator, which um, yeah, under me there's deputy fire coordinators, which are all volunteers, their positions for each township. I did that for a while. Um, I held, while I was firing in Greenwich, I held several part-time fire inspector jobs for, for small villages. So fire was like 24 seven for me, but so I always felt I should be back here in the county doing something at some point. So when this opportunity opened up, you know, I interviewed, uh, there was a bunch of people that I put in for it. And I was, I was fortunate enough to be selected by the county executive for the position. Okay. All right. Now the, this next question, this is no shot to your, your age, but I, I always like asking this question to people that have been doing this before me. How have you seen that the fire service has changed back when you were a fireman to now? Oh, I'm 55. So that's, that's, that's the first part. So I joined when I was like 18 and a half. So yeah, well, number one, uh, I think the biggest thing is that, um, Especially in our county, and I think in particular, most anywhere, you know, the coal volumes have gone up. Um, you know, listen, as population increases uh, where you live, um, you know, building increases, traffic increases. I mean, all those allude to an increase in the volume of calls. But that's the one thing, and that's for pretty much almost all departments in the county um, that, it, that the coal volume is increasing. I um, I think uh, you know, getting people to volunteer is difficult now. Um, re- re- retention is one thing; recruitment is another. Mm-hmm. Um, and in particular, all right, we're, we're just, we're, you know, we're, we're the county of Rock and we're the smallest geographically out of 62 counties in New York state. <clears throat> um, but we have 340,000 people. Uh, it, it's, it's a pretty dense, uh, county and you know, so we're, we're, we're just north of New York city and we're, we're considered suburbs, but we're, you know, we're surrounded by a lot of, uh, other pay companies like in Bergen County, New Jersey, a couple in orange and Westchester. So, um, getting people to join, it's hard because. Yeah, I think uh, the time people have nowadays is, is difficult. If you're mm-hmm. in school working, <clears throat> working two jobs, uh, it is, it, and, and then the increased training, whether it's uh, taking a, a, a firefighter one class or any other training requirements that the state requires or your own department and all the extracurricular activities that the department do, like meetings and, and truck cleanups and, and maintenance and drills. So I think, I think people's time, people have less time for it now. Uh, so that that's really hard. Um, and, 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 you know, I think the, the overall changes, I mean, we, you know, years ago, they went from the extrication and hearse tool phase, and now we're into, you know, into lithium battery stuff. So um, it's ever changing. It's always challenging. So that's, I think, things that are, are consistently changing and challenging us over the years that that's, that comes into play. But, um, yeah, and, and, so, and technology, you know, it's better equipment now, you know, trucks are bigger, better, you know, everything will be safer, more, you know, Everything's supposed to be more safer now, so um, I think like those are the same. And I, even some some of the type of individuals that are joining, um, you know, years ago, 
a lot of the younger people that were joining, or and not they don't have to be younger, they could be middle-aged too, but they're more hands-on, like they mowed their lawn, they changed the uh, uh, they know changed um, uh, a chain on a chainsaw, right? They they did more. I think we're we're more technology driven nowadays, uh, and I'm not knocking that at all. Um, but I think um, the younger generation is less hands-on, um, so it might take a little more for you to teach them and for them to understand how a, a piece of equipment or a machine operates. Yes, no, 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 no. you're definitely right about that, 100%. Um, what are your direct responsibilities as fire coordinator, as director of emergency services? Yeah, so a director of emergency services, we, uh, um, I work here out of the, uh, the county fire training center. Um, we have our emergency operations center here. We work with our county fire dispatch here, and that's uh, under the auspices of the, the sheriff's department. Um, so I work with them, especially on the fire side of things. It's so our training facility here. We have uh, staff that oversees 911, um, like uh, cell towers and addressing. We do a lot with um, alarm companies. We, we uh, I have a, a law in the county here that if you anything that's um, a commercial building or multifamily, um, if you have an, if it requires an alarm system, it has to come through our county fire dispatch instead of going to a private alarm company. So, so we deal with over 125 different um, contracts with alarm vendors and close to 5,000 alarm accounts. That's ever changing and working with the fire inspectors. Uh, with you know that, that, that comes into play with that. Um, you know we have a training here. We do a lot of training. You know I have a, I have a, a staff here uh, uh, in my department that handles training. We do industrial training where we go out and also do uh, meet up with businesses and do training for businesses, whether it be fire safety or fire extinguisher training. And uh, and I have a regular staff. You know, we do our emergency operations here. We have emergency hazard mitigation plan, hurricane plans, evacuation plans. So um, we do a lot of emergency planning for the county. You know, and we work with a lot of different agencies, whether it's with uh, public or private or nonprofit. Um, you know, we maintain a lot of uh, like registries here uh, for different agencies, critical infrastructure um, lists we maintain. So uh, it's just we you know when 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 shit's hitting the fan, you know they're looking at us to step up and, and work with other agencies. And, you know, the ultimate goal here is really just make the county look good, make the county executive look good and, uh, you know, make sure things aren't chaotic and keep things under control. So, and we've had, we've had some major wind events. We've had a lot of flooding this last year. So um, our goal is just what, you know, our goal here, like our office staff and myself is work with local and state agencies, whether it's, you know, Department of Homeland Security, um, the Office of Fire Prevention and Control and Resources, working with them. Uh, yeah, you, you're just kind of pulling everything together. That's that's the one thing. Um, yeah, you know, one main thing we do here, you know, and um, you know, again, we have our emergency operations center here, so we haven't opened that up in a while. Uh, I'm not I'm not quick to open that up uh, unless it's really going to be a prolonged event. A lot of counties, you know, north of here are rely on that because um, we're fortunate here in Rockland. We're I always say we're resource rich Rockland that our towns and villages, for the most part, are financially good. Mm -hmm. You know, they have their all the other emergency managers, they have resources, they have equipment. So, um, you know, um, a lot of other areas around us rely on the county to be that that sole source. Right. But, you know, the townships can handle themselves in a lot of times. So but we work with them. We communicate with them um, on their needs and what's going on. You know, we, we get updates from them during our emergencies. And, we, and I, I send up the line to the county executive and any state official that, that requested. So so that's really kind of. Um, we do here a lot of training. The fire departments come here. You know, EMS uses our facility for training a lot. So, um, and we do have our EMS coordinators downstairs in, in my building. They work under the auspices of the county health department. Um, so that's kind of a kind of a, a route, kind of a rounded. Just yeah, you know, it's the emergency service for the county, fire department training, um, and then as as fire coordinator, I have um, I have uh, I have twelve deputy fire coordinators that work under me. Okay. Uh, a, a two are appointed. The rest are, are kind of selected by townships. The, the fire departments within townships uh, select them. You know, there's a, there's obviously a, a base minimum requirements to meet that. Like you have to be an ex chief and have a certain amount of training classes and things like that. So um, I have a great crew under me. Under me, um, they they, um, they they represent the township they're from. I mean, we cross borders if they need help. Like we we're very big on communicating. You know, any mutual aid calls. You know, we can get two or three coordinators out. Um, like, for example, we had a uh, fire in uh, Green Hills Nursing Home in the village of Harrister uh, earlier today. Nothing major. It was just a fire in the laundry room. But look at that type of facility, um, the staff and then the, all the occupants, right, the residents there. So I, we had like 
four coordinators there that responded just because, um, you know, we know that role, the role of a coordinator is going to be very important at, at the fire scene. I'm very big on the coordinators. Uh, basically, what we do, the coordinator responds. When they get there, they go to the incident manager and say, what do you need? You know, are, 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 we're there to help whatever they need. And he says, I might, you know, I, I might give you a 360, be my safety officer, be staging, be my operations guy. Um, or just stay at the command post. Um, you know, the way we operate in Rockland County, yeah, we have our 700 uh, megahertz radio system, and then we all have our, our high band TAC channels, like the fire ground channels, right? So a lot, a lot of time, there's instant commanders that are working, they can handle both radios. Some guys don't want it. Some guys just want to concentrate on the fire ground, right? Not, they don't care about mutual aid, who's coming, what, what do you want, utilities being called, so maybe the coordinator will handle that. And I'm big on documentation, too. I'm big on... Um, bringing the incident command management, bringing it all together and getting the police, the fire, you know, and EMS all together, the resources. So, um, and, um, and, and documenting, you know, we created these incident uh, management pads um, uh, not long ago. Um, and uh, we use those pads a lot. We take notes, we, we track things for the incident commander. Um, and we're, th we're there, we're, we're a resource, you know, like almost like a chase aid in a way. Mm -hmm. And uh, but we're there doing anything they want. So, um, you know, we have I have a great bunch of guys that are deputy fire coordinators, and they're a big help, and uh, they'll help in many ways on the fire ground. And um, you know, it, it makes the life easier for the incident commander. That's, that's that's the ultimate goal, right? You know, you know, he's where you know, you might just say, "Give me this, give me that," and you, and you get it. Or you might put a little bug in his ear, "Hey, how about a standby in your firehouse?" Or you know, have you call for the fire inspector? So, um, you know, our goal is just to, to bring it all together and help them be of any kind of assistance. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Then I, then I also have working on we work on plans and, and, and alarm assignments and SOPs and different things in the county. Um, and I also want them to handle you know issues within their townships. If there's issue between departments or chiefs, you know, you guys handle it in your township. It doesn't need to get to me. You know, so I try to use them as much as I can uh, as a resource. All right. First of all, I did not know that you. Well, I thought that you were over overseeing all 26 departments. So it's nice to, to hear you say you have, I think you said 12 individuals. On, on yeah, 12, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So and it's great. Cause you know, and, and the best thing with us now, you know, we're, you know, we've come a long way since I've been here. It's like, you know, we use WhatsApp to communicate. We text a lot. Um, the communication probably like, like, you know, something might be going on and someone will chime in like, Hey, did you hear what's going on in Spring Valley or PD saying this, or sometimes we'll be like, all right, something might come in that sounds like, yeah, it could be something. We'll let, so we'll text we're like, Hey, I'm listening. I'm monitoring. You know, I'm not going yet, but I'm listening. You know, so the communication between the coordinators is really good now. You know, if we're going away, we're out of town. Uh, you know, I got the flu, so I'm going to be out of service for a couple of days. We are really good like that. So we cover each, we cover for each other. Um, and then, listen, the, the, you know, the counties. I think I, I don't know the exact numbers from last year, but well over nine thousand calls, probably close to ten thousand. So we can't go to everything, and, and in particular, you know, and, and with most areas. Fire departments, especially volunteer, are really relying on mutual aid more and more now, uh, and it's, it's more than just structural fires. So, um, and and especially for structural fires. So, I mean, you're getting your standard house fire nowadays. You're, you're getting four or five departments, um, you know, which includes a fast team or stand. I mean, you're, you're you're getting a lot of departments to the scenes now because, you know, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you used to come with, you know, 10, 12 guys. Then you come with, you know, if you get an engine of four or five. Which is good because that's like a career engine, right? And you know, you're volunteering. It's, it's a crew, you know. So, and sometimes they're just manpower intensive, and sometimes the durations of the incidents are long. And so, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, as a former Rockland uh, community member and a former Rockland County volunteer, my question to you is with which you said three departments this year have broke over a thousand calls. And for those that don't know, Rockland County is all volunteer with 26 different fire departments. Do you see Rockland ever starting a paid staff at, at some point? At, at some point, probably. Yes. I just think at some point, um, you know, now before you go there, I mean, you have to look at certain areas, townships, mm -hmm. um, hamlets, you know, I, I think at some point, you know, departments are going to have to pool their resources together. And I'm, and I'm not saying consolidation, but maybe we're going to run together. Or, or if I can join you, you can ride with me, you know. Um, and then maybe consolidation in some areas where it's maybe some smaller ones where they can join where um, a lot is busy. Um, 
but they have the you know, but they have a good crew of guys and the apparatus and firehouses. Um, at some at some point, it's probably inevitable. I mean, you're talking you know close to ten thousand runs a year. You're you're you're, you're talking um, you know, a population of three hundred forty thousand is growing. It's going to keep growing. So the, so the call volume is increasing. You know, which means the, and, and the population and, and then the the building. You know, the boom that's going around here increases. You know, increases traffic. So you get guys in the firehouse, guys and girls in the firehouse, and there's response time. So at, at some point. Um, we're holding our own. We have our ups and downs like anybody else, but at some point, you're probably going to have something. Now, what that looks like, I don't know. Um, whether it's district or it's a township wide or a village wide, or you know, as you know, Rockland. I think there's um, there's uh, eight or nine villages in Rockland that under form of fire departments and around you know, 19 give or take uh, fire districts. You know, the, the villages and the fire districts, you know, they have the ultimate responsibility and 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 response, right? They're there, they're elected to, you know, their rules and make sure the fire department protects the people of their of their area. So if they're starting to see um, when that lacks and whether it is, it, it's in response times or getting manpower out or, you know, at some point you're going to have to start looking toward like, you know, how are we going to do this? I don't, I don't think it's around the corner. I think you'll start seeing you know, maybe paid administration staff. We are trying to lighten the load of chief officers and the firefighters, um, you know, um, you know, with paperwork wise and training and these, these regulations and, and, you know, and maintenance of equipment like air packs and maintenance of vehicles. So um, yeah, I mean, at, at some point, I think it's going to be inevitable. I don't, I don't think it's right around the corner, but uh, at some point it, it's going to start. And when it starts, um, you know where that ball keeps rolling. It, it, it's 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 a tough question because look, the reality is, all right. Oh, we're gonna put a, we're gonna put a paint engine on, right? Gonna be during a day, just mm-hmm. for example, right? So yeah, we're gonna put a, a driver driver and two guys, right? Um, and we'll still know volunteers will still come out. So now you're gonna get to start getting the calls. You're gonna get there faster. You know, volunteers. You know, if they're not there, it'll take a little longer. At some point, you're gonna be like, well, we need, we need four guys because two in, two out. So they're gonna want four guys. They so have four guys. And you're gonna want someone to be a boss of that rig, right? So, um, you know, the unions get involved, and and you know, then what happens when you know, you know when people are out sick or they get hurt? How are you backfilling those guys? If you only have, so, there's a lot of logistics, logistics that go along with it. Um, it's, it's not just saying we're gonna put a paid guy and a paid or a paid driver in, in a house. Really, um, you know, like I, I will go back to long before me in the town of Greenwich where I worked. There was they had a lot of volunteers and they had paid drivers. The driver drove the truck to the scene, and that's all he did. He didn't touch anything. He didn't touch the hose. He put the fire out. He drove the truck to the scene. And for years, they just had paid drivers. And they would, and it was, and it was two man rigs. And they went to three man rigs. Now you have four man rigs. So it's inevitable in the long run, um, because uh, like a lot of people who will say, and very good friend of mine, what's what's the reasonable expectation that when you call nine one one that a fire engine with water and a crew gets on the scene at your house, right? Is, is it? Seven minutes, eight minutes, nine minutes, ten minutes. I don't, you know, there's a reasonable expectation for that. So um, now, on the long run, long run, will study have to be done? Does the, the towns and the, does the county get involved in studies and looking at the fire service? I, you know, I don't know. You know, I, 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 I would think I'm not going to be around for that. And uh, but I think inevitably, some type of paid staff is gonna is is gonna is is down line at some point because I don't think right. we can. You can hold, keep holding this up to what we're having right here as, as the county just continues to grow. No, understandable, understandable, hundred um, percent. Because it's it's, I mean, like you said, ten thousand calls for twenty six stations. That's a lot. I mean, because uh, everyone knows the lack of volunteers is down. Traffic's increasing. Volunteerism isn't like what it used to be. You know, people have to work and emergencies don't stop. Like they, they usually happen at like the worst time where, you know, a volunteer can't respond because they can't like before I remember, you know, I, I used to be able to leave my job to, yeah. to, to respond, but you can't do that nope. nowadays. Uh, it's yeah, totally that, that, changed. Yeah. And that's one of the, you mentioned earlier about what's changed. Yeah. Like, you know, people left school, you left, you left work. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's kind of frowned upon nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, unless you luckily work for like, I remember, and I think this still goes on. Like when I was a Rockland member, we had a lot of DPW workers that were allowed to, yeah, if a call comes out in the village, 
respond and they would show up, get the trucks and route, things of that nature. I think that still kind of goes on, but you know, as Yeah, far it does. as like people leaving their actual side, you know, business or side business, that, that just that just doesn't occur. No, you're absolutely right. And it still does go on. A lot of the townships and villages are really good, especially if it's, if it's a call of real importance. Like, you know, they really kind of frown upon the nonsense calls. But when it's really important to like a house fire or a bad extrication or something like that, they, yeah, they're, they're all pretty flexible with that. Okay. All right. Um, with everything that you got going on, uh, are, are fire inspectors under your direction or that's totally separate? No, that's totally separate. So fire inspectors um, are under the authority having jurisdiction. So whether you're a fire inspector for a village or a township, uh, that all, uh, all falls, under, falls under the puree of, of where wherever you, they work for. So the towns and villages hire, whether it's full-time or part-time, the fire inspectors. And, and that's usually civil service unless you're part-time. And, uh, and then the, and then the, uh, the fire investigation, the Rockland County Sheriff's Department has a fire investigation unit, the Russian squad, uh, and they're pulled out quite often uh, for a lot of incidents uh, for investigation because they're, they're one of the experienced investigators. One of our townships, uh, police departments also has a, a fire investigation unit too. Okay, okay. Um, one question I did have to ask, because I never really knew, even when I was a member back in the day, granted, it probably didn't appeal to me because I was just all about getting better at, at being a fireman. Um, do our each respective 26 departments, do they all have the same budget or is it all under the, the township or the village that they serve? So if you're a village fire department, um, you're you are you will submit, I guess, a budget request every year and then, the, you know, the. The village will allocate money and they'll determine what your budget will be, um, hopefully based on your needs and your requests. Uh, the village, the um, fire districts, you know, they're a board of elected fire commissioners elected by the public. So they're kind of officials. Uh, they set, they determine and set what the uh, budget should be for a fire department. And that everything goes from you know, insurances to you know, building maintenance, you know, putting money away for trucks and equipment, you know, buying gear. So they have a good idea of what their budget should be uh, from year to year. And then uh, those um, districts will submit their budget to the town, the local townships, and that's how they receive their money. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Um, it's a big project. You get a bond. You, know, you try to save for a lot of them, but like your, your firehouse, sometimes you got to bond the money, which goes out to a referendum. Right. Right. Okay. All right. And I, I'm sure not just, I'm sure it's not just Rockland, but with, with the increase of anything from gear to trucks to construction, I mean, just, the 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 inflation it's 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 wild like I'm sure Rockland has a hard time keeping up with that I mean because like you said 26 apartments after a while those trucks that are running front line are going to have to be replaced yeah and that, and that's you know and again you said like, everything's gone gear's gone I mean like nothing in the fire service plant has not gone but nothing's decreased right so and um, and trucks are one of them I mean um, you know you, you have to start thinking about maybe keeping your apparatus longer or or start you know, saving earlier because I mean you know your engines are a million dollars. I mean, your ladder trucks are a million and a half to over two million dollars, depending which ones you buy. It's, it's the, the 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 skyrocketing price of apparatus nowadays, and not only the price, but down the wait time, the build times. It's like you used to be able to get one in a year, fourteen months. Now, just some someone tell you, you know, two and a half, three three years to get a truck. So it's 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 crazy. Um, you know, so that does affect your budget, uh, and you got to plan for that, and then. Yeah, we also have the two percent cap. You don't want to go two percent over your budget. That's a whole law in New York State. Um, but if you need to break that cap at some point, because you, know, you got to run on, you got to run your fire department, and then you got to break the cap. So, and hopefully, um, you know, most departments are putting money away each year, you know, toward a new apparatus or if they're going to build a new firehouse. So, um, yeah, nothing, nothing's getting cheaper. And then you know that all that all those costs are are passed on to the the, the, the taxpayer. But again, you know, it's still what it costs to run a volunteer fire company as opposed to a paid department for time of career career firefighters is uh it's a lot cheaper a lot cheaper right no no that's that you definitely can't argue that um i mean most of america is made up of volunteer departments yeah you know a lot of people don't know that career is, is a very small percentage of career yep. uh, departments compared to volunteers so i mean the fact that you guys are still moving forward hard charging is is a testament because it may seem simple to the to the taxpayer, but when you break it down and go, okay, well, if you want a career twenty four seven staff department, this is how much money is going to be: salaries, insurance, 
personnel, equipment, yeah. like it all adds up. It does. It gets it gets very, very expensive. It really does. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um what does the term aggressive mean to you as far as as far as a firefighting standpoint? Aggressive. Um well, I think there's different le- levels of being aggressive. Um, you know, you know, I, I look at look I look at aggressive as being like um you know, maybe uh maybe being bold or go getter or a little bit of gutsy. Um I think as it pertains to the fire service, um, I always felt that I was an aggressive firefighter, and I, I think most or the majority of firefighters are aggressive. But I think the, the level of aggressiveness, if I can use that word, um, it varies because you know, along with being aggressive, you got to be smart, right? I mean, we all want to go in, we all want to put the fire out. Um, are, are we risking a lot to save a lot, or are we risking a lot to save a little? So there, I think there's different levels of being aggressive and, and looking at the big picture. I mean, you know, your size up your three sixties, you know, you know, what are you going into? You know, is it, are you better off you know, just darkening down from the outside then going in or are, are, are you sending three or four guys in where, uh, you know, the house is, you know, three quarters fully involved and, you know, what, what are you going to save in the long run? Um, are, you, are you putting your, your firefighters um, in a potential situation where they're going to get hurt or killed, you know, and you all know, you know, the time versus the fire, the, the, the building is um, degrading. You know, it's, it's, it's a bad situation. So, I mean, I, mean, I, I think aggressive and the fire service, you know, continues today and they have to be aggressive. Um, but, you know, I think is you got to, you know, listen, there's confidence to you. There's being confident and aggressive and there's confidence and not being, you know, uh, aggressive, not being confident. Um, it, it's what level. I mean, you you, you can, be call aggressive, being aggressive, being daring, if you want to call it that. But mm-hmm. with daring, it's like now, now you're like on the edge risking, you know. So um, I, I think the word aggressive belongs in the fire fire service. Um, I just think you you have to be smart and how aggressive you're going to be, if that kind of makes sense. You know, yeah. um, we all want to do things. We want to, you know, we want to be gung ho and, and, and get the job done. But, you know, is it worth getting people hurt? That's that's because in the end, you know what? You know, you know, the McDonald's that's on fire and you're going to go in and put it out because you know what? They're tearing down and then in two weeks, they're going to have a new one, modular McDonald's put up. You know, so, uh, you know, let's, you know, you think you got you to you weigh your odds and, and risk versus reward. I think it's very important, you know, so. No, absolutely. Well said. Well said. I have no, 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 no rebuttal <laughs> there with you on that one. Yeah. Um, with, with, uh, with Rockland being all volunteer, uh, I'm assuming that your training facility, which I've seen pictures and I know it's changed definitely through the years, but your training facility is, it's able to give the volunteers realistic training on a small budget. Cause you know, you can only do so much in a firehouse. You can, you can yeah. do mask up drills and some departments have, uh, you know, they've built different yeah, bail uh, props, bail like out that. props yeah. and things like that. Yeah. But what does, uh, what does your facility like, what are you able to give them on more of a realistic, you know, training? Well, we were fortunate for years. Um, and we had a, we had a five-story tower building. We had a burn building. Uh, we had, actually had them, they were condemned many years ago and they've, they've been torn down. So, and I, I finally got to the point where we're just about complete on a new uh, fire facilities building, a uh, burn building. We're calling it a fire operations building because um, it's not just a burn building. There's multiple things you can do in that. Everything from confined space drills to you know, we have an exterior staircase, you know, well stretches, you know, uh, we have anchor points on the roof where we can do repelling and TRT work. So it's like a multi-purpose building that has several burn rooms in it. So, um, you know, the in the meantime, the, the in between, we had we had containers that we even call them our burn containers, you know, shipping cargo containers. Um, just so we can do class A burning, um, but like riding the merry-go-round five times, it gets old, right? You know, so um, so you can only do so much training in that. It got us through a lot of our our, uh, our firefighter one classes. Um, but, you know, I think this new building is going to offer a lot more to the county. Um, you know, we're, we really expanded the, uh, the footprint of the, uh, the lot we were on. We, uh, we cleared out the back area. We had a second entrance. So so we're, we're trying to continually try to make this place better. It takes time. You know, when you work for county government, there's a process and things take time. Uh, 
financially, we've been very good in accounting the last several years. So when this building comes online, it's going to be great. We just um, purchased the Max Fire training prop. That'll be another jewel we're going to have. Um, we, we have several forced entry doors like most departments have. So we're trying to continually um, upgrade our classes. We were big this year. Uh, well, at the last, almost the last year in lithium battery. We uh, uh, had some great instructors here develop lithium battery and EV classes that, that, that have gone here at the Fire Training Center. So um, we're trying to continually evolve with new classes uh, and yet offer the same type of um, training props that we've had in the past. Uh, and I think with this new fire operations building, we're going to have a lot more training going on because um, the activity of Fire Training Center wasn't as robust as it was years ago when we had our burn building, right? And that's always a big feature. You know, our, we have a flashover simulator. You know, I received a grant um, from the New York State that we're buying a, a SCBA, uh, the Drager has the SCBA maze trailer with a multi-level trailer. It has a billion, pro, uh, billion features to it. Um, so we'll get that, we'll put that in our parking lot. So we'll have another training feature, another training prop to use for our facility. So, and, and we're looking at a house, we can develop our property and our land here uh, to add more props and, and make things different. But and we have we have a multiple roof, uh, roof prop area with different multiple roof props. You know, we have a fire, we call it the fire safety building. It's kind of like an apartment uh, that has like its layout, like an apartment. So um, it's great We can do wall breaching there, build on the windows, onto a deck. Uh, you know, it's good for search, you know, searching holes lines, things like that. So uh, in addition to our, our regular, just standard uh, classroom type classes. So we're trying to keep building what we have. Um, it's not always a fast process, um, but we do listen to the fire departments. We do listen to the instructors and uh, when they have good ideas and on, on putting things out there, you know. Um, we're trying to encourage um, our instructors to develop more classes. And I, I think over the years, you know, many years ago, we used to have like the three and four night classes. Uh, you know, I think to get the, um, the time for a volunteer to, to commit to that, it's harder now. So we're trying to push the one and two night classes now, right? So, um, and there's, there's endless ideas out there for classes. You know, I mean, there's, you, you can do a two night class on just a large area searches, right? You can do you know, interior operations class, and you can do a one-night class on high-rise, you know, you can do a class on strip mall fires, you know, a self-storage facility. I think it's endless, the classes you can do. Um, it's just, again, finding time, sitting down, developing those classes, and, and offering them out there to the, to the fire service. So uh, we, we have one class here that was called uh, Not Your Dad's Pump Class. It wasn't pump ops, it was just like an off-the-wall, one-night class, just covered all the idiosyncrasies and the weird things, and just, you know, the fire ground pumping. Of, of an engine and things so, you know, basic stuff. It wasn't like textbook class where it's like, oh, you pump this at this and this is that, you know, that long and the nozzle is this. And, you know, so um, we do have a great, um, a great wide variety of instructors here that are, are really dedicated. So, um, yeah, so I mean, training wise, I mean, there's other things we do here too, but uh, we're, we're, we're trying to keep building and improving what we can offer the volunteers. You want them to train, you want them to get here. And I, I'm, I'm a big proponent on, you know, if you build a bell up prop in your firehouse, if you, you have a speaker come to your firehouse to, and, and do a, do a one night little seminar with, with your mutual aid department. So you, you get a, a, an old car and you extrication in your back parking lot, you know, um, you know, I, I think it's good because, um, you know, it's showing that your department, you're, you're investing your time in your volunteers. And if you can bring it home to your local area, you even better, you know, so, but we do get used here. Um, and, uh, you know, I just hope it gets keep use more and more over the years. I mean, you know, the train doesn't die out. That's my, uh, that's my biggest fear, but I don't think that will happen. Okay. And um, if uh, anybody wants to become a director of emergency services, I'm assuming it's, I'm sure it varies state to state, but if someone's looking to do the position that you do, what are some classes? What do they need to have in order to get that? Just for anybody out there that, that wants to be a director you know, down, you know, down in their future. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, like, um, there's a lot of emergency management degrees, you know, listen, FEMA, NFA, um, you know, OFPC, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of agencies out there that offer like emergency management classes. You can go and take training classes, you can get degrees. Um, I think University of Albany has a degree in emergency management. Uh, that's a good pipeline to it. You know, where I became from, like, this job that I took was always kind of, um, had the fire background to it, okay. uh, which, which, which is what I have. I do a, I do have a lot of classes. I have, uh, I have emergency management training classes. I, you know, I, besides being deputy fire coordinator, I have fire investigation background. 
you know, I have usual fire setting intervention background. So I, I did a lot over the years. So I felt I was well-rounded, but emergency management degrees, emergency management training, um, you know, moving up in your department, becoming an officer, becoming chief, a, a career officer. I think those are the things that give you the background and make you well-rounded. So when a position like this opens, you can put in for it and, you know, and, and interview and, and have the uh, minimum qualifications to get there. So there's stuff out there. I mean, if you're just looking online, like in emergency management, you'll, you'll find a billion things out there. Um, and, and just the classes and, and, and certificates and, and degrees, it's all, that's how you want to go, you know, and just keep working up and moving up in your department. It doesn't have to be, it could be a police department. You, you can become an emergency manager for your township or village. Um, even on a part-time basis, I think, and just building your building your resume uh, and being well-rounded is the key thing. Definitely is really key, you know. So um, whether it's your, you could be a police lieutenant, you know, or you can be a, or a fire lieutenant. And I think um, building that background and uh, um, making that resume as best as it can be, that, that's that's how it helps. You know, just, just be well-rounded, you know. I, I like the answer because, I mean, it's, Anybody could easily say, oh, yeah, you go ahead and take these courses, this class, and then you get your certificate, diploma, whatever it is. But I like how you put the fact that, you know, be a fireman, climb through the ranks, learn each role, because that gives you an overall better picture of, of the fire service. And it to me, it kind of cor correlates to if somebody's going up for captain, you know, it's better if you put yourself in a role where you you were a firefighter, then you went to driver, then you went to lieutenant. That way you have learned all aspects of the job to make you a well-rounded fireman. So I, I love your answer on that because not that many people are going to say that, you know, like some people just kind of shoot and they, they aim for the position, but they don't truly have the background and the knowledge to go with it. But yeah. like I said, I, I, I love your answer on that. Yeah, and, and you know, and then when you if you get the opportunity to interview, I mean, they're going to ask you questions. It's, it's not an easy interview. You're 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 emergency manager, you're a director of, of emergency services. You know, you got to understand it. You know, like I had the fire background, which is great, but you got to understand the big picture. You know, it's not just you're not just a fire coordinator. You're not you're not just going to fires. You know, you got to manage staff, which is which is difficult at times. You got to work with every agency, EMS, police, fire. You know, you're you know when there when when there's a major major incident going on. You know, it could be a major fire, like in a, in a nursing home or a major brush fire, like, like half the counties there, which we've had. Um, you know, it's great that I'm there, but, you know, as much as I want to be part of the command post, helping the, the, the incident commander, you know, it may not be my role. You know, I, I may be briefing the county executive, I'm, I'm the liaison, I'm pulling agencies together, you know, what resources you have, where are you putting this, you're dealing with the state of New York, because they're calling down, um, you know, what do you got? We hear this major thing is going on, do you need any research? So you know, you're, you're, you're 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 on the you're part of the incident, but you're kind of on the outside looking in. You know, um, I had someone from the health department call me earlier, just say, "Hey, we heard there's a fire at the nursing home today." I gave him a lowdown, like because you got a phone call from the state, so you're dealing with you know, you're dealing with, and I say the higher ups, but you know the, all, all the levels of government uh, that have a say or, or have a part of it. You know, so you really got to understand the emergency management function and, and what it all entails. Um, and I didn't know everything coming in. You know, I, I had a lot of staff here um, who were just wonderful and they had a lot of institutional knowledge, been here for years. So they had the contacts, they knew how things ran. So, but now I, I can go downstairs in my EOC, you know, and, and if there's a major event, open up and explain why we're here and, and what we're doing and, and, and effectively running, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it, there is a lot to emergency management, and it's not always sexy, and it's not always fun. You know, like going to fires is fun, but you're, you're dealing on so many other levels. Um, you know, you know, you deal. I deal with grants, you get hazmat grants. You know, you're you're, you're dealing with everything. So, but it, it's fun. It's busy. It's fun, and you meet a lot of people throughout the county, throughout the state. It's it's really neat. You know, it's amazing how much is out there. Like whether it's the Department of Homeland Security, or you're meeting people at National Fire Academy, or Office of Fire Fire Prevention and Control. Um, you know, it's just it's great. I you know I, I attend an annual emergency management conference in Syracuse each year. It's great meeting people from all over the state. And uh, yeah, they're like, oh, Rockland County. We heard this happened in Rockland County. You, you, you kind of like it's nice meeting people um, that kind of um, enjoy what you do and you enjoy what they do and you, you know form that bond, have great communication with them. And and, uh, and the best part is you learn what they do 
up there. It's different from me what you do, but you may like what they do. You might pull something from them. So, you know, that, that's the fun part, you know. There's so many people you deal with, I guess. That's that's uh there's a lot a lot to it. No, no, I I, I can I can imagine a hundred percent that your job is definitely on certain emergencies. Cause like I said, Rockland has seen an array of, of, of emergencies. I do remember seeing that brush fire that occurred. I, I don't remember where, but that was a hell of a brush fire. And of course, anyone that doesn't know, we had the, uh, the, the, the nursing home fire where it, it, to my recollection, I'm pretty sure you had all 26, at least they represented from each 26, yeah. each yep. department on one scene, you know, you got to worry about coverage and, and, and manpower and, everything else. So I definitely uh, have to give you your respect on, on what you do, because I'm sure depending on what the scene is, your phone is constantly ringing or getting text messages. What do you need? Yeah. What's going on? So I just want to say thank you for, for what you do. Um, thank you for allowing Rockland to, to keep I'm trying to figure out the word to keep going as, as they're going. It's not an easy a challenge to do, especially in this day and age with lack of volunteerism, but trucks are still getting out, fires are still being put out, emergencies are being answered. So uh, I just want to say thank you for that. And also thank you for coming on, taking some an hour out of your day to do this. Oh, you don't have to do it. No, no, it's not, I, I, I've heard your podcasts are great and uh, it's an honor to be on. And uh, yeah, it was, I, I love what I do. Um, you know, I got a handful of years left to do it. And I, I just want to make uh, my county, I want to make it better than I inherited it when I came on this position and I keep progressing forward and, you know, and I, and I, you know, I, I pray the volunteer fire service, you know, stays strong and, um, you know, and works together. And, you know, they also got to look in, look internally too, you know, what, what can they do to help themselves? You know, that's, that's important too. So, and, and how the county can help them with their township. So, you know, it's a, sometimes it's a struggle, but we're, we're hanging in there. We do work together. The one thing I could say is the, the events that we've had over the last several years and, you know, there's been some crazy ones, but, you know, everybody's worked so well together and they get the job done, you know. You know, I can't look back and say, you know, I, I you know, I'm sure I can find something, but like, like, oh, God, that was a mess. You know, like, I wouldn't want to go back to that one. I can't say that. You know, I can't say that, that I have. And um, I'm always proud of the work they do and, you know, work with, the, you know, and my, my staff does here and just work with different agencies that are outside the fire service. It's just a, a pleasure. You know, sometimes it's uh, time consuming and, 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 uh, Test your patience sometimes, but you know I'm, I'm in this position for a reason. I I, I accept what, what comes. I accept what it's about, and you know, and uh, I know what I know. And if I don't know it, I'm not afraid to find out or ask somebody. You know, so I think it's being humble and and um, you know looking out for the best for everybody and doing the right thing. I think it, that's that's some of the most important stuff. No, and that's key right there. That 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 humility you just had. That the saying of if I don't know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna find out that that humbleness is is what makes a good uh whether you're a chief, a director, a coordinator, that that right there is why I think a lot of people are successful is when you're willing to admit that, then just try to hide behind a persona that you know it all. So I, I appreciate the word chief and like I said, thank you for for coming on. No, you're welcome, Dan. I appreciate you having me. I really do. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Thank you, sir. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.